0: There we go. Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I am your host, Nika Sherell, and this is the ITCAST Real Talk. Um, Nika Shirelles is the possibility of being a home of joy, laughter, love, and intimacy with full self-expression and acceptance for all humanity. The It Cast is our community outreach podcast that increases diversity in conversations on health and sexuality. And through this work, we are creating a world where all people feel loved, honored, and respected. Please visit our Patreon to support the ItCast and learn more about our work at NikaShirelles.com. That's N-I-K-A-C-H-E- r-r-e-l-l-e-s.com uh, and also subscribe to our youtube channel and please share this with your community today's episode is brought to you by the nikita sex toy the nikita is based on a controversial art series that was designed to spark conversation about social change please join the conversation and get your nikita at triggerhappytoy.com. This week's topic is real talk on gender and today in the booth we have gender activist and educator and one of my Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm amazing. How are you? Fantastic. awesome awesome so thank you so much for being with us today this is um i'm excited to be having this conversation with you uh before we dive in can you tell us a little bit about yourself your cultural background how you identify so that people can relate
1: i am a portuguese islander uh, from the azores and i am a foster child foster system child child of the system and I came out of that and sort of became an advocate for um, at a young age, just because of my own experience, first of all, becoming an advocate for children and then continuing my experience in education through art and then expressing my gender warriorness through through many, many forms of expression and um, graduating from CCA and here I am continuing to do the work and opening the conversation so people can discuss, explore, and understand gender, Mm -hmm. what it is and what it isn't.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, Thank you. Thank you for that. And I love, you know, talking about like being a child advocate and like this stuff starts when we are very, very young, Um, you know, gender. Um, one of the things I say about gender is that it's also a prescription. It's a construct. It's this thing that we made up to identify people. And we begin to prescribe children gender even before they're born, before they have any conversation or like ways to relate to it. Um, so talk, let's talk a bit about like what gender is and what gender isn't. Well, I, I think you
1: nailed it when you said gender is a construct what it is is a box to put people into check for their medical needs in order to be able to assist people based on what materials they're working with right like what your what your what what plumbing you have and beyond that the construct really only limits and holds back the population i think it's used to agendas uh, used to oppress one another and also to limit one's ability by putting somebody in a box continually in that checkbox. So beyond medical needs, I think the gender is needing to be taken out of the conversation so that people have this, the rights of equality because it's a personal experience, it's a personal expression, regardless of the plumbing that you have, what junk you have, what parts you have. It's about where your center is How do you express yourself and what makes you feel comfortable? And then people being able to accept that is much easier when we let go of the constructs of gender. Otherwise it limits us and it tells us that we are not allowed to go on this journey and there's only one prescription, only one right way. And what we learned through time and history that that kind of oppression only emotionally stagnates. It brings up dysphoria issues through growth it leads people down a path of body hatred and unable to self-love because they're not accepted in their communities because they don't fit the mold. So, and the the truth is the matter is 50% of Americans don't fit that mold. So what do you do
0: then? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's, that's huge. You know, I never even thought about, you know like we talk about body shame but talking about like body hatred is such a it's a deeper level and it's really these constructs that we put each other in these boxes that we check can be quite damaging um you know i think about like my own body hatred and like you know like weight shame and things of that nature but But going through the conversations around gender and gender identity, it's, it's so much deeper than like, go lose a little weight. It's like, be who you aren't, which is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it shakes me to the core to even think about it from that perspective. Um, I love what you said about taking gender out of the conversation which I just got to say like right now with the preferred gender pronouns and the way that we're like having gender be a part of the conversation I think personally that is the way to extract it like I think that we're on the path yeah yeah, what do you how do you see us getting there how do you see us getting this out (laughs) well I I think that just the new generation
1: already has the open-mindedness. Where we're having problem is the, our government and our lawmakers and our systems that are put in place. We already know that the colonization and all the things that we the way we, our government puts us together and puts us in, in all these categories and, you know, services, the community and it has all these great expectations, but don't really engage with the people at the same time. Mm. So, you know, moving away from that and, redefining your own structure and these these young minds are going to help us change the way we've started the conversation I I think the 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 next generation you know almost thinks we're silly you know the our our past generations who have grown up in these crazy constructs about you know even in the financial market we know as female-bodied people we have so many different levels of why am I not getting paid what that dude's getting paid you know, mm-hmm. I think there every company is experiencing some of that, and you have to ask the question why. It's because you're categorizing by gender to strengthen in instead of individual strengths. For instance, you know, I may not get a job because someone thinks I'm not physically strong enough. They need a man for the job. Right. When in, in reality, I could be stronger than, you know. X amount of people at their company, but without the opportunity in that mindset, they're not going to hire me because they think they need this. They've been taught somewhere that you need a strong man to lift and move things or do installation or, or you know, guy jobs. You know, everything right.
0: from
1: the bar- women have had to break the barrier in in all the fields of emergency response, right? Even doctors and so forth, and they still don't get the respect and they still don't get the pay. Yeah. so who does that call on in our communities is it because we keep going back to that are we not talking to the men in our lives because they're still holding the
0: keys oh. that's what I'm gonna
1: say I know whenever I'm going out there and I'm doing jobs uh you know we are not the key keepers right so talking to our men and talking about these things, talking to uh, you know community about how do we make that connection, even in the gay male community, I think that there isn't a need for female counterparts for a lot of gay males because it's not a dynamic they need in their life, right? Right. But speaking about it in another terms, then how do you how do you get through life without? Women, you have to really think about what you, what women do. And it's not about women, it's about these female body people in your life. Look at what they've done. And do they not deserve the same recognition as you do? Are they not just as strong? Do they not birth you? Do they not raise you and nurture you? And some men don't, you know, appreciate because of whatever their history, but, you know, it's where the power lies and the power still lies in the male dynamic. So that leads me to something else entirely that I did want to talk about is that female-bodied people that are masculine of center definitely dealing with the male oppressive
0: thoughts that females are still carrying out for them yes yes because we perpetuate like the system gets perpetuated on all sides so it's it's not necessarily even about like yes men are the gatekeeper keeper but also like we are continuing to perpetuate that dynamic in our thoughts in our actions and you know to where you're going in our relationships like there's there's a lot there um please continue on that well For instance, you're,
1: you're presenting masculine, you take somebody out on a date. It's not equal boundary. It's not an equal line. You know, you're still held to a masculine uh, machismo where the girls, you know, the girl gets taken out by the butch. They pay for everything. They open the doors. They give the presents. They do all, you know, financial responsibilities. They are to take care of said person. And mm-hmm. it's just like, well, wait a minute. I'm still a female bodied person and I still don't have the rights, the pleasure, the pay. Right. <laughs> but I still have the expectation. <laughs> and then, you know, you have to be careful about the line of, of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. that goes there. And that's a two way street. So, you know, you're also have this whole thing of like, it's disrespectful to ask a female or a femme to pay half the bill why is that? Where does that come from? Yeah. You know, especially if my, especially if my dates, you know, wanted to take me out, why, you know, why is that a thing? Why is there that expectation that, you know, what, you know, I think again, it comes into that butch femme dynamic that there's all these stereotypes that we keep trying to put each other in. And for some people that works, it's great if that's what they want to do, but it should not be an expectation, you know? Yeah. I, I want the same things you want as a female-bodied person, but because I represent differently, I have all these other extra, uh, you know, obligations and things, and you know,
0: <clears throat> yeah,
1: I don't know. Even even putting be putting into like treating me like I am an actual man in a male-bodied person, and I think that's really unfair, and I think that it causes uh, that discord again. Yeah. Of having partnership where folks are equal and they do for each other,
0: not out of obligation, but out of love. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that we're talking about this. Um, I've gone through that in my relationships in the past of dating femme presenting or femme women and not be, and not being able to even speak to how unfair it felt that this is the dynamic I'm in and I, and I may not be making as much as my male counterparts. And the truth of the matter is that I'm not. Um, and looking at it from that perspective, that lens, it's like, how can you expect someone to carry all of that burden? Um, yeah, so I, I, I love the fact that we're talking about this. And you also spoke to something looking at toxic masculinity. Um, we are not creating equality like we're still not creating equality or balance when like the way that we're engaging in the system. And um, I started using the phrase gender toxicity. Cause it's toxic. It's, it's, it's like if, and then this is one of the reasons why like the company started, the sex toy was created. It's like, how do we move away from gender dominance and gender toxicity? How do we stop trying to be the top of the totem pole? Everyone has the biggest dick, like it's a power struggle. And it's all because we're We're trying to be in that like top power position and it's like, how do we get rid of power dynamics? How do we move away from that such that we, we actually are on a, on a playing field that's equitable? Um, I don't know, do you have any thoughts there? Cause I've been pushing.
1: <laughs> oh, so many thoughts. I think if, for those of you who don't know it, Nick and I went to college together. We've been having this discussion for at least 15 years uh, and have had many, many art pieces develop through the same concept and, and continuing to express how defeating and how minimizing it is to at the end of the day it's all about who has the biggest dick really so <clears throat> yeah and thus born to Nikita and trigger happy toys and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Being able to make a little bit of a poke, a little bit of fun, just to give a little bit of relief in what has been a construct for as long as we have all existed. So, speaking to speaking to companies when I'm looking for jobs, and interviewing them about their own gender policy and how their pay structures work. Those are things that we do at the beginning, because it's just like setting up any beginning relationship. If you allow the behavior once mm-hmm. and do not redirect and ask your needs and make your boundaries, because that's a proper way to do it. Don't wait until you're pissed off and explode and be like, I can't take this, you know, <sighs> M, you know, just unright situation and I have to go, but dealing with it from the very beginning Mm -hmm. Having boundaries in place for yourself that feel comfortable and safe for you. And don't waver. I walked away from a job that was a pretty awesome job. And I was number two salesperson. And I just couldn't because there wasn't an equal standard. And there wasn't proper uh, addressment of equality throughout the company in a way that I could respect and I could get behind. And that's my choice. And not everybody can do that. And it hurts. It's a financial, you know, hardship. But in the long term, I'm just not willing to live that way anymore. And I think if everybody gets to that point, we'll have a chance. You know, once you say that it's no longer acceptable, and we will not allow this, and I will no longer participate. But the system set up against us, is the problem. You know, the system is still set up against us. So again starting something of of your own sometimes is a better answer and this is what nika's done here right nika's doing exactly that and that's why i'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm happy to be here and to be a part of it and continuing to have the conversations
0: thank you thank you um yeah and you know that's that's one of the things it's like so many small businesses are starting so many women-owned businesses so many businesses owned by people of color because of what's being met in the typical workforce conversation because of what's being met in the corporate realm um i mean we i one of the things i think about is like in the restaurant industry if you notice from the hostess to the to the cook the skin tone gets darker things of that nature Um, You know, you've got certain gender roles played out in certain areas. I mean, it happens across all elements of industry. And the things that we are doing here are activism and conversations around race and gender and class and sexuality and really bringing healing thought to these places where it's just been status quo. It's just been status quo for way too long. Speaking of uh, status quo though, I, want, I also wanna talk about like gender privilege. Like I think that there's privileges to ascribing genders to a degree. Like when I'm filling out my applications and I'm like, oh, like this one's for women-owned businesses. Well, today I'm a woman. And like, it's, it's weird that we have those types of um, these, these thoughts where it's like, it's gonna benefit me more to be in this situation at this moment in time. Oh moment and (laughs) sorry did I freeze (laughs) yeah you're good there you go um you know saying uh having a gender privilege so like it it serves me to be a woman at this moment in time uh when I'm filling out certain applications or when I'm doing certain things and um and it's it's a weird thought to have to think that way um yeah so I, I do believe that everyone is privileged for different reasons and gender privilege is a big one. Well and the market is
1: restructuring as we're going back into the market, uh, sales forces and what's been successful over the COVID period is kind of what's determined to be successful over the next few years in, in jobs and in employment. And so what they're saying is that everybody's resetting and we're selling in a different manner. you know things are literally going online all of those businesses that failed 10 years ago trying to jump on the dot com before it was really necessary but because of the last years become necessary so regular commercials and marketing aren't working and they haven't worked during the pandemic to be effective because they're not personalized enough. People are like, this is junk and nobody's having to actually watch commercial television. We can skip over commercials, you know, all of these things. You have to, they're having to engage with people and what they're using is influencers. That is the new marketing strategy. So for those of us who have, you know, 2,500 people following them, you know, or 5,000 Facebook friends, you know, putting out little messages that enforce your beliefs, enforce enforce quality, and enforce visibility for POC, for disabled communities, differently abled communities. All of these things are so important because these are the demographics that are falling through our cracks. Mm-hmm. These are the folks that are struggling to survive and ending up in homeless camps on our streets. They're people who are what we know, they're our friends for those of us who have been here through the pandemic era, I think half of our friends moved away because they couldn't be here because of all the jobs closing down and whatnot. So marketing in a different way, marketing in a way that appeals and inspires and empowers and, and promotes equality, and also represents all of our community not just the fit pretty you know the right whatever image that you're trying to project but the actual people in your community so calling everybody and also giving a space for everyone you know putting in the advertising the faces that make this community is key
0: Mm -hmm. yeah inclusivity inclusion um I absolutely hear that. And I'm hearing that the standards around marketing are changing such that we're not, and, and it sounds like we're maybe not gonna be relying so heavily on sexuality or, um, or shaming and like, you know, those kinds of things where it's like, if there's not a problem, then they're never gonna buy the solution.
1: <laughs> if Billy can wear a
0: dress at the Emmys and
1: at the song awards and just abroad, I was like, well, then that's the way it should be finally, I'm like, finally, walk that red carpet, honey. Yes, get that life. I want to do that. I want to, to address that part of the conversation where even our clothes, even as a butch masculine person, or like, I'm, I'm very um, flamboyant, masculine person, I get called that, you know, whatever, which way you want to put that. But I am down to go to the full nines and be fabulous and have some nails and be packing and some you know some ta-dum, ta-dum, boots bahis, and just get my fishnets on. And that's what I feel like <laughs> doing. And put a beard. I don't care. Glitter, yes. whatever. And that should be okay. Why is that expression any different than any other expression? Everything that we put on in the morning is a costume. It we is. We condition ourselves. We're conditioned for work. We have to dress a certain way for work to be accepted in work why is that yes appropriate attire but why is it gendered forget the gendering if people are allowed to express in the way they do and are supported for being who they are they're going to be empowered to do their job and be that person that gives the service in the way they need to give it right
0: mm-hmm. without having
1: to deal with the bullshit and the connotations they hate and all that where is that even you know where that doesn't even fit in the dynamic anymore
0: yeah and this is something that um, that's coming up for me now is the history behind the gender construct that we live in today. There's, um, it's, there's actually history behind it. There was a study done during the American, the American Eugenics Movement, which was the whole like, are you fit to marry? And they were literally trying to eradicate homosexuality as, uh, as an insanity, as a mental illness. So given this time, they did a study and they discovered that little girls' eyes are more sensitive to blue and little boys' eyes are more sensitive to red. So they start dressing the children, girls in red and boys in blue, to have them begin to be attracted to each other at this young impressionable age in a specific way. And it's like, they built that. They built this whole conversation to drive out homosexuality around gender. And it's not working. It's (laughs) it never did. It's like if we look at if we look at sexuality and we look at humanity and we go back, you know, further than a hundred years, uh, at any point in time, it's like, oh, you have all types of people loving all types of people, and then we have these political constructs that say, no, you have to do it this way, and then they fall away. So, like right now, like let's have this one fall away. I think it's so sad that we are, you know, like putting babies in these in these conversations. is like, well, what if they grow up? Like, I love seeing a man in a dress. Like, what, if, it, he feels free or however it goes. Why are we stopping that? Why are we stopping that? <laughs> you know?
1: Oh. Beauty and expression cannot be measured. The power that it gives oneself to be able to express is also unmeasurable. If we start loving each other as much as we give each other a bad time and judge each other, I mean, I think everybody knows that. It's like the big duh, you know, respecting the gender. Uh, I think it's even harder for parents, you know, we have these so gender structured situations, especially old school parents, you know, I'm 50 and so my parents are from, are immigrants and from another country, right? We're from a very small, 67 square mile island and there is the it, it's all very de- defined by gender right and and anything outside of that is you know you're going to hell you know you're going to go to hell if you don't do it that way it's again these fear tactics it's the same thing about what you're talking about you know we we we're, we're conditioned in fear a lot of what's been wrong in the last what 15 months now? It's it's a long time for us to be in the flight, you know, fight or flight mode. So yeah. it just gets kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean fear, you know, when you talk about the the fear around gender it's like and perpetuating shame such that we can control people's behaviors because certain things are considered maladaptive certain things are considered not okay so if we fear them and shame them into behaving the way that we want them to then society will be perfect it's like it's like someone else's utopia and it doesn't it doesn't work that way. Like we can't, I mean, it has been working that way and we can't continue to live in that type of fear. I mean, I see it, like you mentioned religion and it's like certain things wouldn't exist if we didn't have fear and we didn't have shame. It, it breaks down the construct. Um, Can you speak to the
1: oppression you're already dealing with as a black woman in the community and the same constructs are in your community that are in every other community as far as gender roles how does that affect you personally
0: yeah absolutely i mean there is a there's an aspect of this for me where i look at being a part of the black community and it's there's very standard anti lgbtq anti-gay conversations that are going on that are just there it's like being black and being queer um it's i feel so fortunate to be out in the bay area because i find my community here but everywhere else i go it's like like we're like unicorns it's like we're we are we lack visibility we lack representation we lack um safety in these spaces and um, and one of the things that I want to see happening more often is is the inclusion of people of color, especially Black people, in more sex positive spaces, in more spaces that are open to these conversations and these dialogues. Um, I think being Black had me being raised, uh, well, like being the Black that I am, because we're not all the same. Um, I was raised Christian in the Midwest in the northernmost southern state and so it was like all these things were damnable. You know, it's like everything about me was damnable at a certain point in my life. And stepping away from Christianity and being someone who like I'm I'm pansexual, like I like all the flavors, I sometimes have drop, trouble dating cis hetero men because there's these like that go into what that relationship has to look like. And I don't believe in those specifics. I don't believe in those specifics when it comes to raising children. I don't believe in those specifics when it comes to dating or any of that stuff. And to be so radical and to be so out about it um, in a culture that is very much driving the like, this is how men operate, this is how women operate. Uh, conversation and that's just my personal culture cultural experience of it. I know that there's so many others out there and I'm still finding them. I'm still finding those people in those places and where people of color are visible in this conversation. Well,
1: I know young women are also struggling out there in the community. Um, I, I've had the opportunity to have young women in my life that have expressed succinctly that they are expected to once they get into the serious part of their relationship, let go of their own dreams and ambition because they're supposed to start a family, get married and start a family. And that means kind of dropping everything else in your life to run this family, this household and whatever. And that's the continued expectation, right? So how do, does a female party person coming up, you know, feeling even queer, perhaps straight, you know, mixed, not decided they're humanist and they're going to veer away from these constructs and can't find a healthy relationship that is satisfying for them because they still have this idea of what's required to be a wife, you know? So like things like lesbian and wife and a lot of female descriptors have become almost insulting, right? And in our queer community, we're talking, when my partner and I are talking about getting married, we actually changed our verbiage for ourselves because wife really wasn't fitting. It felt like there was all this list of requirements to be a wife or to be a mother or to be an auntie or whatever it is in the female primal structure that is we're supposed to serve and be quiet and just loving and supportive and just, you know, be there for everybody all the time with no reward, with no, uh, nothing given back to. You're just supposed to be this wealth of continued knowledge and love and support of others. But what happens to that human being? We're all built the same, we're all connected regardless of our genitalia. So dealing with that level of mind fuckery brings gender fuckery into the conversation because that's, how, that's our outlet right now. That's the only one I know. So, you know, uh, just even putting on male clothes, getting a beard and makeup and whatnot. I, I've done this structure with many, many people, straight from every walk of life to give them that transition, that transformation to experience what it is like to be the other gender. So if you're super, super masculine, even I'm like, let's do hyper feminine, see what happens. Let's run it on yeah. a test run. So we've done projects. Yes. We've done blurred <laughs> lines projects and all these other you know, filmings of transformations of people and then a little bit of a conversation of, of what that means and what it is in community. And what would you say to community? What would be your message? Let your voice be heard.
0: Yes, that's beautiful. And, and where does that work exist now?
1: blur lines has been on on my youtube channel and abroad for i don't know a long time um and there's also the oakland um oakland california page that i have which i forget the whole www whatever it is um but queerly oakland queerly california is where all of that work happens and so i haven't really touched that project in a while um for financial reasons, you know, uh, so work without support <laughs> is a thing, but it, it, I still continue to do the work without a lot of documentation because it's so so much fun. So I go to conferences and I'll do these gender sh- workshops, and sometimes I'll do drag king workshops. What I call drag king for a day, see what it's like. Check it out. What it's like to walk through life as a male. See how you're how you're treated differently. Uh, how you're, it, you are expected to open doors wherever you are for anyone to step back and let the, the, the feminine gender, you know, like silly or the more delicate gender or whatever bullshit <laughs> people are saying, um, just the silliness in which, you know, you're part, then you're part of the, the bro community, right? You're just, and it's like, you get the heads, mm-hmm. What <laughs> everybody's cool. Like, what's up? <laughs> I don't know what that is but it's super butch and it's super cool and I don't speak that language I'm like I'm I'm I am you know all of the things so it's just kind of funny when you really get to experience and and I think everybody experiences it a little bit different but they really get the difference difference in the behavior that people treat each other you and I treat each other we're conditioned we treat each other differently due to gender I do it. I have trouble with pronouns and people switching names and all that stuff. Just like everybody. It's like kind of your brain's so formatted. It's like, what is the one thing that people say? How do I get my brain around that? I can't get myself to say the name change. I can't do the pronouns. I don't get it. What does that mean? Isn't that plural? Why are they calling themselves that? You know, I think we've all heard that or you know yeah. just people who are understanding yeah. you don't need to understand love and acceptance is the way
0: yeah yeah i love that i love that um and you know speaking to the the part that you mentioned earlier about like you know reformatting in like a wife and like those like conversations around marriage it reminds me of the mx which is happening now for that gender non specific uh was that a surname or something um, and how like how tied to marriage and the masculine dominant construct these conversations are around even how you title yourself um, and we do get privileges like when you know like as a woman I have privileges ascribed to me by my gender and men have privileges ascribed to them by their gender. And so to cross that line and to play at that line is so eye-opening. Like I'd love to hear what, you know, like what a man says about being super, super femme one day and how they're treated. Um, and same thing, you know, just to, just to get, get into that conversation. What was that? They're almost always like, they're treated disrespectfully.
1: They're catcalled. They're, you know, people think that they can put their hands on their body, their hair and whatnot. And they're just completely stunned. They're just like a bat. They're like, whoa, I became a piece of meat walking down the street. If they, you know, depending on, you know, this is like, so putting on a dress in a, in, in some makeup sells you, sells you. It's like, really? Hmm. It just wow. gives- permission to men to say and do whatever they like? Oh, no, I don't think so. But that is the reality. You go from being treated as the respect, you know, and and based on fear, right? Why do we not look men in the eye? Why do we run quickly and do not dawdle on the street? You know, why are we afraid to be dressed in a certain way or too feminine or too much skin exposed or too much makeup or a million things that are the excuses why violent sexual abuse occurs. It does happen from women, happens from all genders and all types, but the ratio percentage is a drop in the bucket compared to what we deal with from male at birth bodied folks. And there's still nothing based yeah. on, you yeah. know, and gender based. It even allows room for that. Most women will not still come forward, right? Due to violence and whatnot. We work through it and push forward uh, because the way our system's set up, that is more painful to do otherwise. To actually prosecute and go through and find a thing, if anyone even believes you. That's where Me Too came from, and right. the reality of 95 percent of women being a abused by male counterpart parts in their life from you know parent familial to your spouse your loved ones it's all from people who are supposed to love and support so yeah those numbers are yeah. still staggering and they have not changed no. in the hundred years or more that I've been around. <laughs> um <Uh-oh.
0: laughs> Yes. yes um you know it's i love that you know really speaking to gender-based violence it's it's something that we see perpetrated by male-bodied individuals but it's also not even just to just females um it's something that happens all the time and it's like violence based on sexuality or based on gender can look like anything. I believe that the cops shooting and killing people of color in the streets, especially the black male is a sex crime. I believe that it's based on penis envy, gender uh, gender issues that like fear of sexuality or sexual dominance. And it's a way to keep people in a specific position. It's a way to hold people down. Um, so ending gender-based violence is huge, huge for us. Um, it's a conversation that I'm always, always involved in. And I, I, I think that getting it out of the homes, out of the marriages and the relationships, like rape culture, we're still defining and evolving and continuing to push the envelope on what falls into that space so that people can be aware of what that really looks like and what it is on a day-to-day basis. Um, because it's so much, it in, it includes so much more than we've given it credit for. I think before, in my personal opinion, men were writing the book, and now everyone's writing the book.
1: Well, I think that's a great what reason why this is an important cast talking about sex and and self love and body positivity, uh, you know, across the masses, regardless of where you come from, what what you look like, you know, what you do, what you make, like all of those things, just being where people are able to educate themselves in a positive way and to not ick other people's yum. So what you do in your privacy of your home, if you want to learn about things, because happy people are able to spread and generate that. So why not nurture what makes people happy? You may not agree with it. I'm going to say you put five people in a room and you're going to have five different opinions. You're not going to be able to please anybody one time. So, you know, educating yourself to be safe, consensual, and define your own relationships with the individuals. Because I may have, again, five relationships with five different people, and each of those relationships are defined differently because mm-hmm. they're based on the person's individual's needs and respecting one another transparently. So, what do you do? You take accountability. You accept it, change it, or eliminate it. And you live your own life, focus on yourself, making yourself better, and all those other things will come. We're focused on the negatives in in our lives and our relationships. You know, be the thing that you want to attract.
0: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Oh. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Star. Is there anything else that you would like to impart? Any tidbits of knowledge before we wrap up?
1: Uh, I think that you're, if you're curious about sex and and kink and what exploration, whatever it is that you're wanting to do, let your freak flag fly. Uh, You know, these are all things that we've heard throughout our communities, love one another. Be gentle with one another. And be present, show up, never know what will happen.
0: Yes, yes, beautiful. Um, and uh, last question, what is the name of your YouTube channel so that people can follow, like, subscribe that as well?
1: What is my YouTube channel? Oh my gosh, I should be pretty with these things. My YouTube channel. I bl- there's a fellow femme channel which I can't get into because I'm technologically <laughs> challenged. It's older, but there's also there's also a um, Stella Furtado fellow femme on uh, anything you look up a Stella Furtado star love, uh, Google that and all of my stuff pops up. So that's probably the best way. Uh, Beautiful. And I'll I'll try to be more prepared with links and things yeah. that last time next time, last time.
0: <laughs> <It's> all good. <laughs> I love you so much. It's all good. I love
1: what you're doing. Keep on doing you. Thank you for having me.
0: Star love. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yes. Star love, everybody. Um, definitely Google, check out the work, Fella Fem, um, and Estella Furtado, Star love. Uh, just to wrap up today, thank you for joining us. Um, the It Cast is our community outreach podcast that aims to increase diversity and health and sexuality uh, through this work we are creating a world where all people feel loved honored and respected please visit our patreon to support the it cast and learn more about our work at nikashirelles.com and subscribe to our youtube channel uh, like share click the buttons wherever they are on your screen and uh, visit us here again next week thank you so much